Guideline First Look Guideline for Pneumatic Tourniquet Safety by Lisa Croak The updated AORN, Guideline for Pneumatic Tourniquet Safety, provides recommendations related to the use of pneumatic tourniquets to obtain an almost bloodless field during extremity procedures or to confine IV regional anesthesia in an extremity. The guideline, which was last updated in 2013, outlines how to apply and remove tourniquets, monitor patients, and maintain the equipment. It will be available in AORN's eGuidelines Plus in May 2020. Although pneumatic tourniquets continue to be used during surgical procedures, there is debate regarding whether there are associated complications, for example, increased blood loss, outweigh their benefits. According to Mary Alice Anderson, perioperative practice specialist and lead author of the updated guideline, complications related to tourniquet use cause patients distress and potentially increase the cost of health care from additional treatment, medications, or procedures. Following evidence-based recommendations regarding safe cuff application and exsanguination techniques, minimizing inflation time and pressure parameters, and monitoring patients' systemic responses for potential complications has the potential to lower the risks, she said. Preoperative Evaluation Four additional recommendations were added in this update related to evaluating patients before surgery to identify any risk factors that could result in complications from the use of a pneumatic tourniquet. Anderson indicated that addressing contraindications and patient-specific considerations before applying a pneumatic tourniquet is an essential step to help decrease the risk of adverse outcomes. As always, healthcare organizations and OR teams may continue to have more stringent policies and procedures than the AORN guideline, which may include refusing tourniquet application for any patient condition they deem unsafe, she said. High-quality evidence indicates that the use of a tourniquet increases the risk of needing a blood transfusion after surgery in patients with low hemoglobin levels before surgery. As such, tourniquets should be used with caution in these patients. Although high-quality evidence is conflicting regarding whether the use of a tourniquet increases the risk of venous thromboembolism, tourniquets also should be used with caution in patients with an increased risk or history of this condition. Moderate-quality evidence is conflicting regarding whether body mass index is predictive of injury risk when a tourniquet is used. However, these devices should be used with caution in patients with a high body mass index. Low-quality evidence is conflicting regarding if tourniquet use in patients older than 60 years increases the risk of poor muscle recovery or other complications, although in one study, there were no complications when the tourniquet fit well. Still, tourniquets should be used with caution in older adults. The person requesting use of a tourniquet should be notified any time that a patient is determined to have contraindications to tourniquet use based on the preoperative evaluation. Application and Inflation Previous recommendations were combined to create an updated recommendation to use impervious adhesive drapes to prevent contamination of the cuff and the possibility of fluid collecting under the cuff and resulting in chemical burns. Before the cuff is inflated, the patient's extremity should be exsanguinated. According to Anderson, 
there is conflicting evidence regarding the best technique for exsanguination. Qualitative surveys of orthopedic surgeons identify the use of different exsanguination techniques with a higher percentage using a device, she said. However, the literature supports elevation alone to decrease pain in patients undergoing tourniquet-assisted procedures without general anesthesia and supports the potential of elevation alone requiring less time compared with mechanical exsanguination. Unless contraindicated, elastic wrap may be used for exsanguination, although additional research regarding the benefits and harms of this approach is needed. Use of the hand-over-hand technique should be avoided. A new recommendation was added to maintain the inflation pressure at a minimum rather than a standardized pressure, as determined by each patient's needs. This helps to attain hemostasis, produce a clear field of vision, and prevent excessive blood loss intraoperatively. Limb occlusion pressure, LOP, should be used to determine the starting pressure for the tourniquet. The literature found that standardized pressures were often higher pressures than those that were based on the patient's individual LOP, Anderson said. Options for determining the LOP may include measuring it manually using the Doppler ultrasound technique, using automatic systems cleared by the FDA, U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or using the AOP, Arterial Occlusion Pressure, estimation formula. The LOP and baseline systolic blood pressure, which also may be needed when using the AOP estimation formula to determine the LOP, should be measured after the patient's blood pressure reaches the level expected during surgery. This can be done before or after anesthesia induction. A safety margin, that is, additional pressure added to inflation pressure to account for physiologic variations during the procedure, should be added to the LOP as outlined by the tourniquet manufacturer's instructions for use. The addition of a safety margin accounts for increases in the patient's blood pressure during procedures that could cause the quality of the field to be reduced, that is, breakthrough bleeding, and affect the safety of the procedure, Anderson added. It should be noted that inflation pressure may be increased in limbs with larger circumferences. Monitoring Anderson indicated that recommendations for monitoring patient response to pneumatic tourniquet use were updated based on new evidence. These include monitoring pediatric patients for respiratory acidosis because tourniquet use has been shown to increase this risk in this population, monitoring patients undergoing local or regional anesthesia-assisted procedures for their tolerance during inflation because they may experience pain during inflation, monitoring patients for normothermia during inflation because tourniquet use can affect core body temperature, and evaluating all patients for pain after tourniquet deflation because tourniquet use has been linked to increased analgesic requirements. Conclusion Although pneumatic tourniquets continue to be used, there is debate if their associated complications outweigh their benefits. This updated guideline includes new and revised recommendations on preoperative evaluations to identify contraindications to their use, appropriate application, exsanguination and inflation methods, and monitoring patients for adverse outcomes. AORN is adopting these updated recommendations for pneumatic tourniquet safety 
to continue supporting OR teams who make every surgical or invasive procedure safe and efficient for perioperative personnel and patients and their families, Anderson concluded.